Welcome to the Blackout Show, presented by the Guillen Grid, a show about the Chicago White Sox baseball, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll debate what's working and what's not on the south side of Chicago. It's old school versus new school baseball. And most importantly, we're keeping all the receipts. I did not expect to be talking about what we are about to talk about on the Blackout Show. It is August 22nd, 2023, and Jerry Reinsdorf pulled the plug on Kenny Williams and on Rick Hahn officially, surprisingly, shockingly, it happened. Uh, before we get into the details, I just want to get all your guys' thoughts. W- what was your initial reaction? Were you as surprised as I was that this happened at 545 uh, Central Time this evening? Hell yeah, yeah I was shocked. <laughs> thick as hell. In a last, good way. Last week I asked, when is Jerry going to make a decision? And a week later he makes it. And I was shocked for the last three hours. So I was shocked because I was not shocked about Rick Hahn because Rick Hahn needed to be fired a month, two months into the season. He needed to be canned. And I thought Kenny was going to do that. And and stay and make plans with Jerry. And maybe Kenny took a different role, kind of like helping like he was now, but have somebody else get hired and run the baseball operation side. Just because I know how Kenny and and, and, uh, and Jerry work together. But for him to rip that Band-Aid, I'm really, I don't know right now who Jerry talked to, okay? Um, I know that his circle of baseball is a very close-knit one. You know, guys like Tony Ruta, Jim Leland, former – because Kenny's part of that circle. So for you to fire some guys that you're so close to, it had to be something super intimate. Um, and just to happen, like, randomly at, like, a 5 o'clock after the news about the teams being sold and, you know, stadium conversations, they dropped the news. And it was, like, one of those crazy news. I got a phone call. I got a text message, and I didn't understand. One of my brothers, Oni, was like, we, I won the bet. I won the bet. Because Oni, Oni had a <laughs> – that Rick Hahn would get fired before the season ended. Uh, that th- th- there would be a firing before the first pitch of opening day from the general manager. Because he thought Kenny or somebody would fire him. So Ozzy owes him a dinner. So I was like, wait, what's going on? And then obviously I called Ozzy. He's like, oh, I'm in the studio. Look at the statement. And then you guys messaged me. But I was very surprised because it's a very hard decision. It's like 40 years, man. It's like a divorce for, from Jerry's standpoint. And me, I know Jerry personally. And I know that he does that he does not like walking away from relationships. So for him to have to hire potentially a new general manager, maybe a new baseball operations president, uh, maybe a new manager, that's the part where everybody doesn't get this. Everyone's throwing one name out there. They can hire one guy that hires three guys. 
you know, it could be a two a two person combination. Like they might bring in a baseball because Kenny got fired. Like Kenny let Kenny stepping away and being let go. He was like president of baseball, but he was seeing overseeing everything. So there's essentially two open, really big open spots that somebody can come in, bring a GM, and really build out and and kind of to be honest, give it a, give it a fresh look of a new era, a new vibe, because as a, I'm very close to the White Sox, but as a fan of other sports and other teams, it's very hard to have success. And the Yankees are going through it right now for 20 years plus. Like no team has been able to, somebody be able to run a team, even the great ones for, for 15, 20 plus years of being in the same role. And that's where, that's where these guys were at. Kenny was one of the longest tenured, you know, uh, executives in baseball. Uh, Rick, I just saw his numbers this year. He had been in White Sox for 23 years, like, 15 of those as a general manager, like they've been there for a long time. So it was surprising. To me, the most surprising thing is that I think we all thought potentially Rick Hahn would be removed from his role as general manager in some capacity. Now the typical Jerry Reinsdorf way is promote him and make him kind of like de facto GM or, and that was kind of what caused this rub between Rick and Kenny recently because Kenny still had more say than I think a lot of people really uh, want to believe or knew about. Um, Rick kind of denied that. And every time it was confronted with that, it was like, no, I'm the guy making the decisions. There was a lot of, you know, headbutting between those two. But I think we all thought Rick is going to be removed from his duties, but still remain on the team or get some kind of elevated role and oversee it and blah, blah, blah. Um, to pull the plug on Kenny, I think you said it best. It's like a divorce. Yeah. Kenny Williams has been a part of the White Sox organization since like 82, I think, when he was drafted. Played, scouted, blah, 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 went through his whole paces as an executive before being GM, wins the World Series, and now, you know, vice president of baseball ops. I was shocked to see Kenny as part of it. Rick Hahn, I understood. I was shocked to see that it happened at the end of August. On one hand, that's good. On the other hand, nothing that... Rick Hahn or uh, Jerry Reinsdorf allegedly learned in these last three weeks or whatever it was since he's having the internal discussions, nothing has changed. Maybe some things were brought to his attention that they weren't before, but everybody else knew within the organization. None of these things, these problems just popped up. Like he should have known about this ahead of time. He should have pulled this plug much earlier this season and then potentially had someone in the interim making these decisions ahead of the trade deadline. You can you saw some reports tonight that, you know, the Jake Berger trade was all Kenny Williams doing and people were up in arms about that. To to divorce from Kenny Williams is is the I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. I thought Kenny was going to retire as a White Sox executive or just die in still his same position. That's that's to me the the surprising thing. You're laughing but I'm the same way because when there was the the from Kenny Ozzy when Ozzy was a manager and and Kenny and him started butting heads a lot. Ozzy's first option to Jerry was Kenny's going through a hard time. We're not getting along. Why don't you make Rick the GM? Okay, the guy that does it day to day with me, and then kind of put Kenny above all of us, and we only have to. You know, maybe you don't have to see him every day and we don't have to deal with him as much. That was like something that was brought to the table, which is essentially what they did down the road. Because when you're when you're a general manager, and this is where people don't understand the dynamics, how a major league baseball front office works. So the fact that that Rick kept arguing that I make all the decisions by myself, no, you don't. Every general manager 
has to go to his president or VP and the owner when you hit a budget of a threshold. So all those Manny Machados and all those conversations and whatnot, the, the bosses were in there, okay? The big signings, they, they need to decide, are you going to fire someone? You're going to release Dallas Keiko probably. I'm sure that there was more than one person making that decision. Yeah. Because that's that, people don't realize that that's your boss. Again, Rick is running the day-to-day of like traveling with the team, you know, making sure that everything's being implemented. Same thing what Chris and them are doing in the minor leagues. As a, as a, as a VP, you're overseeing everything, but you're not in it every single day. You're not having – so it gives you kind of like the stress level. And that was one thing I think big difference between Rick and Kenny – when Kenny was the day-to-day, I've never seen someone be so passionate, but yet so intense, where he was like he was like hardcore, way more than any of the coaches. Live and die with wins and losses. Big was, time. This this team was up 15 games above 500, and we'd be sitting in the suite and he'd be making calls like crazy with guys that were really good players and just being like always looking to try to gain an edge. 15 games above 500. I can only imagine him in this season that had to be winning that frustration of probably trying to get back in the mix. So I think that's the big difference that people don't realize. I think he might have said, you know what? I'm going to step in and make this. I think that the, I, I'm going to tell you guys a story right now, which I only, I just shared. I had shared with my wife, my mom, and I just told Ozzy senior today, do you remember what I told you? So we knew that Pedro Grifo was the manager, like at six in the morning that it was like official. And the White Sox had not called him. It was already like 12 o'clock and seniors like, don't tweet anything out because I was like this close to being like, just, just tell us, like, just call the guy and let him know. And, you know, let him put him out of his misery. And they had it. I thought it was really unprofessional, but he get we're leaving Bernardi, the golf company. And we get in the car and he gets the call. <laughs> he, puts, he puts it on speaker. Okay. And I can tell seniors like devastated and, and Rick goes into a spiel just like everybody's been there when your boss fires you or if someone breaks up with you, it's not you, it's us. And and his words were, you're going to be very happy because we have hired the future, a guy who's going to bring a World Series here and a young version of like what you used to be. Him not knowing that we already know who the manager is because they think that they own the baseball world. And they hung up, like whatever. And I, you could tell he was a little off. And then I waited for him to take a second. And then I looked at him and I said, two things are going to happen right now. Either this is going to be the next World Series team and they and they just hit a home run or they're all going to get fired for this one because I think that Jerry and Kenny said, interview Ozzy to Rick. We want you to interview Ozzy, but we're going to let you make the decision. And he did not make the decision that essentially they might have been like, I think if Ozzy's a manager and they play this bad, those two guys still have their jobs. Because they can look back and say, well, Jerry, you wanted us to interview him. You know, we need we need more fixing. The fact that he got to bring in Pedro Grifol, the fact that he got to sit there and, you know, they did the campaign and, you know, the whole schmoozing and I got my guy in the green and all that. Them being this horrible because they're pathetic. They're horrible. They're beyond bad. No one can predict how bad this team is and how bad they've done in-game management, media, the comments that have come out from players. That's worse than losing games. Middleton coming out and saying all that stuff about players sleeping. The, P, the PR been terrible. No, no, that's, yep. what I'm saying. that's when Jerry was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is more than when there's this is more than wins and losses." Okay, this is way. I think that the the stuff that with players off the field that's dumb. That every team goes through that. But when you have players, every player that would leave would say the culture's bad. Guys are sleeping. That's when he woke up and said, "We have a problem." I don't think Kenny acted fast enough. That Jerry was like, "Okay, Kenny's going to take care of it." And it got to the point where, like, oh, you're not going to take care of it? I'm going to take care of it. Because at this point, you fired Tony. 
because he didn't want to be the guy. You blamed it all on Tony. They said, we lost because of Tony. You didn't bring Ozzy in. And, okay, you brought in this guy, Pedro. Okay, he's a savior. You sold him to him. But now we have the really bad team. Not only are we losing, we're also hearing that players are a horrible culture and there's no leadership and there's not that's the part where i think you say you know what and then you don't have to be you don't have to be a genius to look at the stands and you see numbers going down and then that starts affecting the business remember baseball is on the field and then there's a business jerry has a lot of employees where it's just been a domino effect where i think he finally said you know what i need to make it the decision and i'm going to pull the trigger and and that's what happened again i was shocked that kenny was a part of it just because that was his right hand man i think that 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 was the guy that he went to every decision. I think that you can't blame it for him. He groomed he groomed uh, Kenny from the beginning, and I liked Kenny. I, out of all Kenny's statement, what I liked the most was when he said, "I don't want a relationship to change." Because if Ozzy had been hired, our goal was, "Hey, you got to make sure that when they do fire you, because they will, that you leave in a good note with both guys." Because I know when you guys get past. So for Kenny, I think. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man, from reading the thing, I think it might have been like a weight off his shoulders, you know, because I, I, I'm sure he wasn't happy how this season was going. So maybe making trades like that. And that's what the dangerous part, Slav. You not knowing if you're going to be here for the future. And that's when you need to, as, a, as an organization, you need to nip it in the butt as early as possible. And I wish it would have happened before the trade deadline because you're making moves that are going to affect a team when you're not here. So the yeah, other, that, that was my question. Is, that's what I'm saying. Is, Jake Berger gets moved. Again, I'm, I was a Jake Berger fan because he's earned everything that he's I think done. we all were. The, most White Sox moved. fans were. I bet the new GM's going to say, I wouldn't have made that move. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. Just because of the years of control, it was like a desperate move because the new GM's saying, I'm not winning in 2024. Like, at 2024, like, I could care less about 2024. 2025, right. and he's going to build. So that's when you make a decision of, as a general manager, I'm going to sign a guy for 15 years. You're not signing him as long as your contract. You're like, I don't care. Let the next guy worry about that. And that's where I think the seeing Kenny go and not keeping at least that kind of like structure of like, okay, we we at least have Kenny's side of why he made this move. Because essentially he has to have an idea of why he made it, an explanation um, behind it. So, it, it, but it was surprising. It was surprising. And uh, and again, you're going to start hearing all the, 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 the externals and the internals. I'm going to ask you guys the question. Do you guys think anyone in the White Sox organization should either is either qualified? No, 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 no. I agree. No. So let, let's go through the timeline real quick um, just to kind of summarize how these last two days have gone. Monday, we see these reports that there's consideration that Jerry is wanting to move the team or, you know, some sort of stadium rearrangement. Then there's these rumors that he's been privately considering selling the team or has, you know, discussed it, blah, 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 or it could be on the verge of it or down the road, yada, yada, yada. Then today, 545 Central Time, like I said, you know, they're playing uh, the Seattle Mariners tonight for a home game and they decide to pull the plug. So here's the statement, the release that the White Sox put out, basically saying, you know, Jerry made this decision after all these um internal interviews that they've been doing he says ken was like a son to me they've known each other for forever rick Hahn, blah 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 um to me the most important thing is this final line the white Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operations department and anticipate having an individual in place by the end of the season so that 
to me signifies a few things. Number one, th this is a, a urgent thing that Jerry wants to get done before the off season for obvious reasons. Number two, you don't put something like that out unless you already have a few people in mind. For my sake, for your sake, for I think all White Sox fans' sake, we all hope it's not an internal candidate. Bob Nightingale came out today and said, you know, if they did decide to go with an internal candidate, Chris Getz is very well respected, well regarded with the organization. To me, that just means it's it's going to be a whole bunch of the same. You know, you you have to bring somebody in from an outside perspective, which is what the Bulls did when they got rid of uh, Gar Foreman and, and John Paxson and brought in Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, and things started off really good. The Lonzo Ball, you know, knee injuries have kind of derailed all that. That's a different story. But they went external and basically had a whole reevaluation of the way the entire thing is run. The second thing about the way that that was worded, and I'm going to pull it up again, an individual decision maker, a single decision maker. Again, to me, that is a very intentional phrasing, specifically because of how Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams had this power struggle of who's in charge, who's making the decisions. If you bring in, I'm just going to throw out a name, and I know, Ozzy, you're going to say the name a million times. Just go ahead and say it now. Lunau? Jeffrey Lunau, your boy. So let's, all right. So whoever they bring in is going to be the president of baseball operations. That person is then going to make the decision who's the general manager, who's running player development, research and analytics and all that stuff. The White Sox, to my knowledge, still have the smallest analytics department in all of Major League Baseball. I think they have five analytics people employed. Um, that's going to be something that the future president of baseball operations decides. There's been a lot of names thrown out, but I think the intentional verbiage of a single decision maker is important. I think it's important to note that they want to find somebody in the very near future before the offseason to make sure that this is a smooth transition, number one, and that they have something in place in the offseason and that vision can be executed. Whether that's realistic or not, to then fill the GM and all the other positions, if you're going to make more changes, which it certainly seems like, like those would be coming. I don't think Chris Getz is an option. I don't think he has the experience certainly or the um, skill set and ability to be a president of baseball operations without having been a general manager at all i cannot see somebody coming in and being a president of baseball operations and then just appointing chris Getz the general manager unless they have a previous relationship with Getz, meaning it would be someone who pri previously worked with the white Sox or potentially the royals both of those would probably be a poor choice in general anyway so i, I just it's a lot to dissect for two days. Like th this has been a heavy season and getting for White Sox fans. At it, by the way, let's not forget the baseball side. They're getting handled. By the way, Pedro. The Griffo Rockies beat the living shit Pedro out of them. And, and Rick Hahn, let, let all the means roll. They did not get to 50 wins together. Let that settle in. They did not get to 50 wins together in their time together. Talk about a poo-poo duo. War Name your worst duo. In professional sports in Chicago's history that were put together that had to compete and win that got less wins than that because every other coach the Bears they had a full season you know the guard pack they, they they had time these guys did not last 50 winning games together that's where that there's there's some names out there and 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 this is the other part where people don't realize this is the shift from analytical 
like old school, new school, it's you cannot just turn on the lights and like it's gonna turn them back on and it's gonna you're gonna be 100% in there. So, the baseball operations guy, and the reason that they need somebody before the season ends or as close as possible is because you're making moves now and evaluations now. It's not like a player, you need to bring somebody in and like really evaluate. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jerry put some filters out there of like, you know, hey, think of look at my team, you know, if you're interested because there's, there's some interesting names. So, I think feels a, a name that fans get mad, but let's be honest. The guy broke two curses, Boston and the Cubs. He's not going to be scared of doing work here in the city or the cesspool, as Rick Hahn called it. The thing with him, I think, would be control and money, okay? Is it worth it to him to be able to do this, okay? Uh, then you got guys like Mike Rizzo, who's in the, who's in, uh, the Nationals. I like Mike well, He's Rizzo. on the verge of an extension, it Correct. sounds he's like. He's on the so, verge of an extension. Uh, yeah. And they got his manager which is a hard part because if Rizzo wanted Dave Martinez, if Rizzo did not want Dave Martinez, I don't think Dave gets extended. So it's yeah, one of those of like, we extend Dave. Okay, Rizzo, you got your manager. Okay, get Dave. Obviously, there's a connection there. Uh, Dave Martinez got him his ring. They're actually, I like it because they 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 didn't keep chasing. They're actually in a, in a really, re, really good, they haven't told people yet, but they're rebuilding very quietly. Very good minor league system, but I think they're ready for their second run. I don't think it matters if you tell them or not. Like that, that team's been pretty crap for a while, but they do have like three top fifteen prospects. Yeah, three top, so so like so he'll be hard because I think again, unless you you're literally calling him. So then there's guys like Dombrowski who has the experience again, base president of baseball operations. Jeff Lunghau again. The thing with Lunghau is Jerry's not big on guys that did things that were wrong in baseball, but. We need some controversy on the South No, 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 no. There's been plenty of controversy with this team for a while. So so Uh. guys, like, again, I'm dropping names and everyone that's probably watching this right now because White Sox fans are listening right now. None of these names they know. They only know – they blame Jerry for being internal. White Sox fans only know names that they tell him. Sam Fold, ex-Cubs player. He's currently in Philadelphia. My concern with him is he's a great candidate. He's only 41 years old. Can he convince Jerry that he can run an organization? If he was a general manager and somebody else was running him, like Kenny hired him and Kenny was like his boss and oversee, I could totally see that happening. But what worries me is, and fans don't get mad about this, they're going to look for the experience if you can run an organization, okay? And can Jerry relate to you? And meaning, can he trust you and he can do that? Why? Because whoever's going to come in, not only is he going to hire the people on the field, but he is a person that only answers to Jerry, okay? This is the difference. When Ozzy was a manager, and this was part of the conflict, Jerry and Ozzy have a very different relationship than Pedro Grifo and Ozzy. I don't care how many times Pedro Grifo tells you that him and Jerry are boys. It's a different, it's different. Jerry and Greg Walker, Jerry and Harold Baines is not the same as like Jerry and a guy that's never been a White Sox. Those relationships are different. So guess what? When Kenny was everybody's boss, it's like, I'm your boss, but these guys can also go tell Jerry what the hell's going on. So there's a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of going on in this and Ozzy was to blame and we told him, don't do that. Kenny's your boss. So Jerry, if he's going to have to connect to that person because essentially he's the only one that's interviewing him and maybe the fake three guys that he brings in and says, hey guys, help me, you know, let's hire this. You know, make sure that I don't mess up when hiring of this guy. So that's that's, a, that's what I want to know. Who who is Jerry going to entrust to make this decision? Because I do agree with you. I think it's probably going to be someone he knows, maybe not 
super well, but someone he's worked with or Somebody someone he, he trusts. Slav is good. Ozzie Guillen calls him and tells him, hey, you got to talk to Slav. He's great with baseball. He's really right. going to blow your mind. But it's like, okay, Ozzie put in a word for him. So it's like Tony might throw a name in there. This is a part that was funny. Do you want to be cynical? I was like, Kenny and, Jer- and Rick, and I said this to Ozzie a couple of days ago, they better hope that they, that Jerry is not talking to Tony right now. Well, Tony's still an advisor to this team. That's what I mean. So I'm like, if he's getting the call or Jim Leland or any of those old guys, like they're telling them, like, get rid of all of like, they're get there's no one batting for those guys. And obviously he made that decision, but that's going to be, and people get mad. There's always a connection in major league baseball. No one just sends a resume and, and then you just look for random guys. You don't know. You look at guys that are either great because of their track record and you try to find someone that knows them. Okay. Or you try to know someone that, that, uh, that just basically uh, tells you, hey, this guy's gonna be great. That's why the joke with Brett, with uh, you know, uh, with Brett, um, what's his name, George Brett. George Brett was like, Pedro Gonzalez gonna be amazing. I think George Brett was just trying to get back at the White Sox said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works for Ozzy being a manager. That's how it works for everybody doing that. So I think it's interesting to see who Jerry starts listening to to interview. So you you mentioned Dombrowski. Uh, he's currently the president of baseball operations for the Phillies. I think his contract is through like 27. Obviously you can buy that out or, you know, whatever. He started his career with the White Sox, like way, way back when he first became an executive started with the White Sox. So he knows Jerry, he knows the AL central. He long time ran the, the, the Tigers when they were kind of, uh, at the pinnacle of their success in what, from like Oh six to 12 or whatever that was before he went to Boston and then Philly, right? So there's Chicago ties there. He knows Jerry. He has previous experience in the organization. And he's from, like, he's from Payless. I think he's, like, a actual Chicagoan White Sox fan. So that would be kind of a full circle thing for him. And there's a comfort level already or some, some knowledge between him and Jerry. And then the name that I was kind of surprised at first when I, when I saw it, but then I thought about it, it makes a lot of sense. Kim Ng, the GM from Miami, from the Marlins, correct. She also got her start with the White Sox, worked in that organization for quite some time. Um, Obviously, some familiarity with Jerry there, too. She's been the GM now in Miami for three years. This is her third year. She was with the Dodgers before that. So, again, coming from successful organizations... She's look at in what her mid fifties. Miami in a short amount of no, time. But look right at now. This she stole nice Jake Berger from Kenny Williams. So yeah, I mean, these are all positive things, so and it'd be you know kind of a revolutionary thing to put a woman in charge of a of a baseball operations staff in the number three market in Major League Baseball. Well, Jerry is known for that. Okay, uh, Jerry got Kenny's break when when being an African American general manager was not the norm. Okay, he he opened that gate. Uh, to him, he opened the gate for Ozzy as a manager. When Ozzy got named the manager, Latinos were not in. Reggaeton was not a thing. Um, <laughs> looked at, the Latinos were like, oh, okay, maybe he can manage, maybe he can not. Now it's normal. Uh, now it's like expected to have more people. But Jerry's always been a, a a pioneer when it comes to that. So the Kim movement, and again, going from GM to president, way different. Uh, now you're running the whole org. Uh, it could be very enticing. Again, Chicago's a great market. People that have the ties, I can see that being the mix of okay, who wants to come in? Um, again, because if you're Dombrowski, you know Jerry very well. You know Jerry's not going to spend you know 
a billion dollars on the team. You know, it's going to take work. So you're like, ah. but he will spend on the right players. We've seen like he'll, Correct. he'll pay for a Machado or a Harper. Correct. Like they'll pursue those guys. Correct. And I think having Dombrowski or someone like oh, that, that he would he, trust. He has sealed the deal. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. To me, Correct. like that would be target number one, even more so than Theo. Like I, I know everybody wants to go Google Gaga over Theo because of what he's done. I like Dombrowski. Number one, yeah, but I think number one, Theo, if I'm not mistaken, like he just moved out of Chicago recently. So like he just moved his family. Now to ask him to come back would be would be tough. Number two, like he's worked in Major League Baseball the last few years, but like he's not been as tuned in, I would imagine, with the things on a day to day that you would need to be someone who's fresh in the Major League Baseball, like day to day in the front office and and it might be a little, gosh, I, this sounds almost stupid saying it, but like a learning curve to, hey, all right, let me pick back up where well, it, it left of off. That, of that fire, you know, and again, it's like what he wants. There's rumors that he wants to be commissioner. I think that Dombrowski, where he's at in his career, this is like what he wants to do till the end. So that makes sense of he's also been surrounding himself with who that person could be as a GM. Because that's the other thing. If you're the president, you're going to have to bring a great GM that you trust. And again, it's a team of who you're going to bring around you and your advisors uh, and kind of have a great mix of, 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 of that balance of what you're looking at. Because you're, I think the White Sox, we really focus on the big league level and Gonzo's probably going to cry right now. Our minor league system is crap. <laughs> it's poo-poo. It's horrible. They haven't brought up one Dookie. minor league that I'm surprised about. Worst but, run differential in Major League Baseball across the minors. The White correct. Sox by a mile. Yeah, by a mile. So, like, not, whatever they're doing down there is not working. So, they, that needs to be built up for the future. Which is why Chris gets to me again. That's a, a ding against him. Yeah, it's a ding against him. And, and, and it's a problem because there's not one player has been brought up that you're like, whoa. Including Colas, including guys. Like, it's taken – there hasn't been one guy that really opens your eyes and says, wow, I can see that guy can be in, like, the real, real big future. Uh, it's funny because the Germinator, for example, the splash that the Germinator had for those two months, that was like basically what you would expect for like Oscar Colas to come up and be able to do that. Like, oh, this guy's the everyday right fielder or this other guy. And no one really had that in the rebuild era. Uh, I love, I, I like Ray Khan for a couple of reasons. His son flipped the coin in the blackout game and the kid called it right. So yeah, think that kid, because I don't think they win that game that they don't play at home. I love the fact that he signed Joan Moncada to the most ridiculous contract ever given to a player after, <laughs> after just one season. So I got to think of that. And when he was there with Ozzy, you know, they were, they were, uh, they were cool. They never had issues. So from that standpoint, but again, I think that at the end, they got a little cocky. They over-evaluated on a lot and they thought it was just as simple as hiring Tony La Russa and turning on the switch, hiring Pedro Grifo and being like, he was going to be everybody's daddy. And they're going to talk about horizontal vertical. And, and they really didn't put the work in. Um, they kind of started it, but they never really finished it. Like they started the house, but it's kind of like like they put the base in, but they didn't they didn't paint the walls. They didn't finish the job, and that's where I think that whoever comes in has to start it, but then finish it and like really really finish it of creating culture and really aligning themselves to what the team is. And when someone is evaluating a player and it's not working, get them out. Like don't wait for them for five. Poor Zach Collins was here. Never really giving a shot, maybe a shot, and then like you train him for another catcher. So there's a lot of just weird stories like that, like players that were like never really bro broken in, and other ones that were kept too long. That that needs to change, and that's what I think that the move that I'm expecting Jerry to want that because if you got rid of the guys, you would not expect something to be like the same stuff over and over again. And that's 
And that's right. why being a manager is different than running an organization of what's our philosophy. Yeah, there's a big league team and the big league manager handles that. But like, what's an organization philosophy? And that's what I think the White Sox are looking for today in order to well, them bring a winner back. Yeah, that's probably why uh, Jerry wants to go. He was emphasizing the fact that he wants an individual. He doesn't want the culture clash internally when it comes to making baseball decisions. Like, it's probably got to be fucking tough to try to fucking ha have something on the table and you got both of your guys in suit and ties at, at odds. Like, maybe Jerry's like, all right, we need one concrete decision maker, follow his lead, make everything a little bit more easier. And then uh, talking about Dombrowski, and you just hit it on the head with weeding people out earlier than most. Dombrowski did that with Boston. Like, he, he shipped prospects out at their peak for guys that slugged in OPS mid-season mid additions for the Red Sox, and it paid dividends. You see what he did to the, the Philadelphia Phillies, turned them into a slug machine and an OPS merchant. Like, he doesn't have an issue with evolving and adapting. And sometimes, yeah, it's going to be tough you're giving up on your number 10 and your number 12 prospect. But at the end of the day, if Dave Dombrowski's pressing the buttons, you know it's winning time. You know why the move is being made. You might not like it, but you'll fucking understand it Monday morning when you're hearing about it. So, so I, I mean... So I like the I like a balance, okay? And a balance is Houston Astros. Front office that is a, is analytically inclined. They use analytics heavy in evaluating players and in scouting, but they go in the game plan in the big leagues with both mentalities. They go in with a, 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 a more of like a culture guy and a balance with the numbers, and they have it. Both hitting coaches kind of have both of that. And then, like, Dusty grabs everything and brings it together. But Dusty runs the culture. Yes, we're going to play with shifts. and But, like, I have a culture of, like, I'm the boss, and we're going to run things here, and there's a communication up there. This belief of pretty much anyone in the cesspool, I did not call you guys that. Rick Hahn did, but that's the name of Twitter. He wasn't too. wrong, though. And he wasn't wrong. But saying, wow. we need to go analytical. We need to become Tampa Bay. The reason Tampa Bay is like that is because they're broke, okay? The reason they throw guys like that is because they're broke, okay? Moneyball. Watch the movie. They didn't go anywhere. They lost. They got spanked at the end. And look where they're at in Oakland. Billy invented that. They're, you need good players. So when you go completely analytical and you're going to essentially have like a, a, a computer making decisions, and we've seen the disaster of like what's come out of New York, a former player saying we never did anything really baseball and prospects are not developing. Right now in the sabermetrics world, you're seeing that they're saying numbers are great, but it's really hurting organizations where they're not developing the right way. So I think that the combination of why I like Dombrowski is he's been around long enough that he knows old school, but he knows what's working in the analytics side, but he's not going to completely go in analytical and completely change the system and go way too much to the numbers where now he can't relate to Jerry and you really put yourself in a situation because here's the thing, if you go numbers, that's great, but you know, you need to know how to do it and have the right people around you. So if that's not what your team is built like or, or what the team is all about, you're not going to succeed. So I would like a balance of both uh, 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 of like, okay, maybe we're analytical in the minor leagues so we can develop talent, but maybe in the big leagues is a combination of what we do together. Uh, instead of just saying, hey, we're analytical because we're analytical. I, I, was, I always laugh. They used to say Theo Epstein and Joe Madden were the most analytical people in the world. And now you got people saying, oh, th these guys are crazy. They don't like an analytics enough. Joe Madden's a nut. And I'm like, wait, four years ago he was a – you know, it was a pinnacle. Of Everybody wanted to be Joe Madden. I'm just saying, though, so you, I think the balance of guys coming in and 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 really, and, be, and Ozzy was getting critiqued today 
when he said that of like, we need to invest in the minor leagues. Yes, as much as we need to invest on analytics, we need to invest in somebody to teach these guys how to catch, how to pitch, how to really implement that. You can't have a coach with a track man who can't throw batting practice. You know what I mean? That there's a there's a there's a balance. Like there's no way that I should be a good candidate more because I have an NBA, okay, and I can read a damn spreadsheet more than because I went to scout school and I'm a, like that that makes no sense. So yes, you can have people like that sprinkled in your team of, of really well-talented uh, individuals that know analytics, but you cannot go and say, well, we're going to go 1,000% analytical because that, that makes no sense. If you're a good coach, you're a good coach. You can be a great coach analytical and, and bring in the old school, but you cannot – these players are not robots. And especially this team, the White Sox, we, these, this team is the most emotional team probably ever assembled. This <laughs> talented on paper, okay? They're talented, but they're an emotional mess. So the clubhouse culture – that was essential to them. Rick Hahn bet on the maybe more analytical guy that did the presentation a little bit better instead of the guy that you needed more culture, okay, more than analytics, and you might have had a better team. So you need to decide that. And whoever Brink comes as a general manager and president needs to be on the same page when it comes to that. So it's going to be, again, it's going to be it's going to be interesting of who they bring. I think it's going to have to have ties to Jerry, meaning not essentially someone that, worked in the White Sox today, but it could be someone that used to work in the White Sox or has been connected to Jerry in some form before. John John Paxson and Gar Foreman will now be in the White Sox. Oh, home. stop. Oh, here's the thing, though. The Bulls have gotten better, but have they won yet? So this no. is the thing. People think like, oh, they're going to hire this person. They're going to hire this person. And voila, we're in the World Series. Like, well, that is also going to take time for them. And, and right now, I feel bad for Brooks Boyer. He's up there probably trying to create marketing for next year because it's like, wow. Like, we've had it hard. And last three years, but, was easy because you could tell. But now it's going to be like, okay, we're going to – what is it? Uh, what was back in the day? The this kids, uncharted waters right here. Let, uh, these kids can play? What was it? When we were kids, like in the 1990 – like in 98, what was it? The, the kids, kids can play. They can play, yeah. So you have to – That was 2000. Yeah, the 2000. So you have to kind of like – I think that whoever they hire is got to represent hope and really, really create a foundation of trust. Because one of the things that I've critiqued about Rick and Pedro is that they come off as fake. And it's not hating. It is something they tell you. Like, we're joking around like, oh, is he going to say tonight this is the greatest game ever? Or Rick Khan saying, well, we're going we're gonna to reevaluate in the weak part of the – and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? We've been 500 for three years. Like, what yeah. do you mean reevaluate? Like, we're not, we're not at home dumb. Meaning there is probably a lot of dumb people watching the game, but like the majority of people is like, you have to, we, we have common sense. We're watching the game. We can see guys not running. We can see. So that's where I thought that the, the genuineness does not come out for real. Whoever they bring in has to embody that because it's like a president when you're electing somebody new. They need to represent like, okay, this is a guy we're going to put our hopes and dreams in for the next, hopefully the next 10 years because hopefully it's successful and it keeps on going. Yeah, I don't want this next guy to be just some fucking interim. It's, it's, I want this to be the foundation. It's Jerry's last guy. When people obviously there's people out there, which is horrible, saying, "Well, he, I hope he kicks the can so the team sells." It doesn't matter. Like Jerry needs to set this team up as a, as his duty of, "Hey, let me transition them because Jerry's 87 years old, man. He's on he's on uh he's on extra time. So you want to set the team up because even if they sell." You still want to have that foundation of when you transition, that those pieces are in place, like a like a, a really good 
baseball operations president. And I'll be honest with you. If you got Dave Dombrowski for two years and you see that you're, that what they're building looks really good, you're more enticed to buy a team than saying, oh, Ozzie Jr. is the vice president of this baseball operation. Like, who the hell is that guy? I'm not, I'm not paying $3 billion for this team or whatever it's going to cost. So I think that they need to set that earlier, the earlier the better, so that it's going to be – you're buying a package. Uh, and essentially, you need to have really good baseball people to be able to have a better foundation. So another name that I think you would like, Ozzy, is yeah, David Luna. Stearns. No, well, we know Luna is your boy. You've been calling for him. Like, I, this is episode 23. I, you probably mentioned him in like 16 Since episodes. Spring tra- no, like spring training, he's been on it, bro. Yeah. So, so I, just, uh, I, just think, I just think that, again, he's, he's doing soccer now. But David Stearns is Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. I a like team him. that does not spend. So he's he used to that. He's used they to that. always overperform. Midwest, like uh, that, he's been linked heavily to the Mets, uh, which makes a lot of sense too. But that's just another name that I've seen kind of can thrown he, out there. Can he bring? Can he bring Council with him? If if we get him and Council, I'm signing off on anything else. Well, I think that I'm you subscribing. Bring, I'm saying no, I think that he brings his culture again. When you have that conversation with your organization, and the way that you're meeting is. If you if you're a general manager that's been successful because you've just overspent every you're just literally buying mercenaries, okay? Which I think Brian Cashman was really good at it. Cashman's best years they had a really good core, and he was really good at picking up players in the middle of the year that would literally come in and destroy any other team. I think David Stearns is like kind of like that Midwest budget type of guy, where his development he's been able to develop guys. So I think he's also a great. And again, I think that Jerry should spend the next three weeks to a month, how much time is he going to, going to talk to all these guys? You're literally having a conversation with every single one of these guys and seeing like what they would bring to the table and what he can offer them. Yeah. But I really think Drake LaRoche, whoever comes in. Oh my whoever, fucking God. Um, Whoever comes in. Okay. To be part of the white Sox needs to have Drake LaRoche part of their staff. So my, my dream would be this <laughs> be a transition year where Carl Carrollson and Tony La Russa have to work together, okay, in the White Sox front office, make make uh, Hawk the president, make the uh, uh, Tony the the general manager, and then just go one year with it, just one just one wild year of like, hey, we're gonna do this until we find the right guy, and just let it ride. I think it'd be fun. And that and that staff, I would have Drake LaRoche. Yeah, I don't see any big name coming here to be GM. From what you guys have been talking I'm about, president, I'm talking about president or GM, both. You don't think a big name is going to come as president? The names that you brought up are already somewhere in a better place, with a better opportunity. So I don't see that at all. Now, a part of me is I like what they just did, but at the same time, this is what I see as a wasted opportunity because it's it's something that should have happened a year ago. You you hot. And it's not Han. This was Jerry. Jerry hired Tony. Tony took this team and won a division first time in over a decade. And that next season, it collapsed. The smart minds like you, OJ, and us all together, we knew, we know, and knew back then it wasn't Tony. This was a Rick Han issue of roster construction. Yeah. So I could see how Jerry wanted to give Rick his chance. To prove to the fans it wasn't Jerry for hiring Tony and Tony wasn't the issue. 
he wanted to show the fans that this was Rick, and he did so. But at the same time, you just <laughs> wasted a year of baseball there, and you should have made this decision a long time ago last year. Because at that time, when you could have flushed everything, you had guys by the name of Dana Brown, who went from Atlanta to Houston. And then there were so many other names of executives at that time that were on expiring contracts that you could have took. And instead, they're elsewhere now with other ball clubs. And now you're in a situation where you're stuck. Um, I Justin think Gonzo's was, dog was a Rick fan. She was frustrated. Exactly. No, but no, Gonzo, I, I love – so this is why I love Gonzo on the show. Because we're all here homering on Dombrowski and everything. And again, you just said something that's very, very true. They're all in better situations, okay? Other than them coming for a nostalgic get-together with the team that they grew up loving as kids, they are in a better situation. So you have to really convince them of coming over here to the Chicago White Sox. So you, you got a great point. And I, and I completely agree with you that the moment that they went away from Tony – would have been a great moment to say, you know what? I think that we get we 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 restart this completely fresh, because yep. people don't realize this. The the, the drop from from uh, from the ninety win season, okay, to the eighty one game season was a was an eleven game drop, okay. So it wasn't like the White Sox missed the playoffs like in two thousand six, for example, where they won ninety three games or whatever and they finished in third place. It, it, so it was a huge drop of wins from 90 to 81. And that was like the beginning of like, okay, something's bad's going on. So like, you're completely right of like, maybe they might be a little bit a year too late into that. So they're going to have to make up for that in compensation or really have to go out there. And, and again, this is a part where I'm like, who's helping the boss find these names out there in front offices, like the filters out there. Of, we just mentioned the guys that are like the top guys. But who are the future guys? Who are the ne- who's the next David Stern? Who's in David Stern's Milwaukee group that can come be a, G- a be a GM? And that's why I'm shocked that Kenny Williams is not here, because someone that could be the president of the team, he was already staying out of the way, okay, and just doing president stuff, can go and find that next great GM, that great next minor league director, that great next person. But Kenny wasn't so, doing that. He wasn't so, staying out of the way. OJ, what? I got a name for you. No, no, he wasn't staying out of the way. No, that's what I mean. But I thought that right now, like, who is helping them find these names? That's my question. Like, who do you, you trust? What's Hebert? the name you got, Gonzo? What's the name, Gonzo? So if we're going to take a shot on someone, someone low-key, and probably, I'm guessing Tony knows this guy clearly with his background. My guy that I take a shot on is Randy Flores. Sorry, Chip, my dog's going nuts right now, but... Randy Flores, the director of scouting and assistant general manager for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's an organization that has been successful over the past years. And I think that's a name that, I mean, obviously the Tony would know of in a situation where I feel you get, this guy wasn't hired in the past year, but it's a situation that I think he comes into and you can kind of go and see what he does with it. And I think he's just waiting for his shot at GM, and this would be a good opportunity to prove himself in this position. So this is a, this is the part that scares me about Randy right now is the fact that he's never been a GM, okay? So if he'd be perfect as a GM, but could he run the baseball operation? So they would give him the 
is it, he essentially would be GM. He'd be the president and the GM right off the bat. Again, I like he's the director of scouting, so he's got a background in scouting. So he's not a he's not a minor league director. That's a lot to put on his plate, though, because oh, Jerry's yeah. looking looking for him. That's the problem. Isolate. We're not looking for a GM. You're looking for a V. You're looking for president of baseball ops. You're yeah, looking for, looking a, for someone head. who's already a GM or like a VP of baseball ops to then give. You're giving them the keys. You are running the yeah, baseball ops. Tim, for Tim, it would be an upgrade from where she's at right now. Correct. Yeah, like she's not the she's not the Dombrowski. Person. It's a lateral move again, but the only reason he would make that move is because he's local. He's worked with the White Sox. Okay, that makes sense. But you're 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 basically looking at people who are already GMs that you're gonna say you have the skills to run an entire baseball ops. This is gonna be your promotion. Here are the keys. David Preller, bring David Preller from San Diego. Oof. <laughs> I like fans that. I like, that. like it. I like it. I like him, but I'm just saying I don't think that you know David's done. Uh, so here, so general. Wait, Man- you talking about AJ Preller? AJ Preller, yeah. Oh, he's already a president of baseball ops there. Yeah, I know. He, he will never leave San Diego. No, I'm just, I'm just messing around. <laughs> um, baseball operations. So in in Miami, they don't have a president, no, president of business operations, but then chairman and owner. And then general manager. So there's no there's no president of baseball. I mean, Kim Kim would be someone who has the resume, and her current position would be a promotion to get a president right. of baseball ops. I think that'd be. I don't know enough about her to say it's a slam dunk hire, but that would be someone along the lines of what they're looking for. And, and it's a female, and it's a female, so it's even more. I think it's even more interesting the fact that. Jerry is like the color. So I, I have her. So I have her, the Sox connection. She's a female. It would be a promotion. I got Dombrowski because Dombrowski is going to get asked, even if it's not him, who do you recommend? Yeah. So I whoever's agree. in the Philadelphia Phillies that he feels that could be a president. So the Phillies GM, you know, could be someone that, you know, that he tries to promote or get rid of. That's the other it, thing. It, any any chance Jim tell me? For what? You know, I've seen so many people throw his name out there. Oh, they never yeah. talked to Jim then. <laughs> By the way, Jim Tomey's oh, the only time Jim ran into a field was with all due respect, his son got him the championship in NAS. Jim Jim would be a great advisor like he is right now, but running baseball operations. I want him he, as a bench coach. He could be a bench you know what? He'd be a great bench coach. Yeah. He'd be a great so, bench coach. Even Didn't you you mentioned Sam Fold earlier, right, Junior? Sam Fold, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the GM of the Phillies. That like yeah, that would be a guy that Dombrowski yes. could say, "All right, like we'll hand him the keys." He'll be he'll definitely be Littlefinger, OJ. Who? Literally, he's like five six. Sam. Oh Fold. yeah, he's tiny. He was a tiny player. He was like a he was like he's a, a Lannister. He's like, he, my Ozzy would be a fan of his just because he was a slap player. He's he's definitely a little. Bit, he's young he's really, too. Like that's someone that can really grow into defender. the position like a Theo. Correct, correct. So I, that's why I like Sam Fold. Like, I like a name like that of a guy that has GM experience that you're giving him a shot to run an organization if you cannot land a big-name guy that has already done the job of running the organization. Uh, yeah, there's a guy named Derek Jeter out there. Hard pass. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't a guy he... like Flores would so be here's worth a name. it. So here's a name for you guys. And I'm gonna. This is this is my Pandora's box. This is the clip that you get. Jerry Reinsdorf is super close to one player his whole career. 
nobody's more obsessed with baseball than him. And there's one, and he's never had a chance to do uh, this in baseball. He's done everything else, including uh, getting suspended, but he's never run a team. I'm trying to think of who it is. Very, very famous name. Very close to Jerry. Very, very close. Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod. That, that would be something. President of Operations for the Chicago White Sox. Blackout show. Saying it today on the Blackout show. And a person that can run and would have the right people around him. And has got the flame and the glamour. He's a and businessman. He's a, and he's obsessed with baseball. Derek Jeter did it. And he can say, why can I do it? Alex Rodriguez would be a name that out there that I can be like, he's super close to Jerry. Very close. Very interesting. That's, that's I'm going gonna, gonna to hold my judgment on A-Rod because I don't want to say something that might come back to bite me. Um, no, I'm just that, saying that. That's a polarizing figure. No, no, it, it's a dark horse. Again, I said it. When I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Jerry saying, who do I know? that can potentially hold this job people that I'm close to because I just literally fired the guy that I was well, more importantly, to. who wants this job? Who's going to grind every well, fucking I mean. day? A-Rod, A-Rod will be up at three, four in the morning. That's what I mean though. So, so it's like names, like the names on the list of like Dabrowski, you know, Dan, if Danny Evans was still in baseball in a front office, like there's names of people that have gone through the White Sox that have been great names that have done other jobs in major league baseball at the moment. Obviously, your usual suspects. It's like the it's like when every time there's a manager candidate for a manager in Chicago, Ozzy's name's always going to be there, especially if there's a connection to the owner and whatnot. So it's like when you're hiring for those positions, it's like, okay, like if I was in baseball, he might be like, well, Ozzy Jr., just who, who does he know? And Alex Rodriguez is like, what's the one wild card name out there that could be like, can woo this guy? And maybe they're talking about baseball and he comes in and it's A Rod. So he's like, he's my dark horse of. And I, and I would interview him. I'd be like, hey, let me pick your brain on this. Would you ever be interested in doing this? And see what he says. So I'm looking through the White Sox front office. I'm just trying to think of, of older guys that have been around for a while that Jerry would lean on to make this decision. Tommy would be a guy that he'd probably consult. Obviously, Tony LaRussa. Dan Fabian's been around for forever, right? I hope he's. I hope he's not talking to Fabian at all. I'm just. I'm just I saying. Like these are people that that, know, that Jerry trusts. Yes. Um. After what about that, Harold I mean. Bain? HB. Oh, of course he's gonna talk to HB. again. Like I talked to. I talked to the old man. Nothing about baseball whatsoever. It's my kids, my wife. How are you doing in life? Do you have any business question? I don't talk to that man about baseball at all. Okay, unless he's like asking for a trivia question or I got a good one. But I know that I know that the guys that are, you know, Ozzy, again, guys that played for him, coach for him, they'll talk to him about the game. And, you know, what do you think? And oh, what do you like about this guy? Yeah, you like that guy? Like they'll 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 chat in, in a professional matter. But again, Jim Leland, like guys that he's always been really, really close with. Um, you know, Jockety is another one that he's been that he's close with. And um, again, it's it's close. You're you've been in the world of baseball for this long. You, you, you're talking to individuals, you know, and he's Jerry's very close to a lot of owners. So if you're going to hire someone like the Phillies, for example, and you're trying to get Sam, you're calling the owner. You're not going to go like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go steal your GM. I'm sure they call him and say, hey, I need to 
I want to I want to consider your general manager for president of baseball operations. Like, what's your plans with them? And 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 that's I think that's what he'll probably go to his closest um, owners that he's close with too. Like and say, hey, you you got anybody out there that you like that you would you know consider or or or, or want to be included in this? So that's that's what I think that he's doing right now. Gonzo, what are you? I mean, you've been kind of clamoring for Rick and. Kenny and I guess Jerry for most of the season, like when you've heard the news, were you relieved? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Like, are, do you have faith that Jerry's going to make a good decision? Oh, sorry. Like I had a whole spiel when you left. So. Oh, geez. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'll get to no, that. By the way, Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. Did you, I don't know. I was watching white Sox post game. That's why I stepped away for a minute. Did Eloy Jimenez yeah. tell the, the white Sox fans that he, that he had a dream about this 10 years ago that Rick Conn was going to get fired and did some stupid lie like that. No, he's a LeBron James much better. He's a LeBron James of baseball, by the way. Oh, I won't make you repeat yeah. yourself, then, Gonzo. I do want to give a correction, uh, OJ. Randy Flores. He's not only the director of player development, but he's also their assistant general manager right now. Oh, uh, he is. So he is. He's, he is. So he's running both. He's running both. So that's why I brought him up. But he's not running anything as assistant GM, like Jeremy Haber or Haber, Haber, yeah, or Faber, Haber with the he White Sox as assistant GM, but like. He's like the he was what Rick used to be. He's just the numbers guy, the contracts guy. Although I think he has way more say than than we. I we do think. like the scouting background, though, Gonzo. Yeah, lot. but I do feel like Flores. He does, yeah, yes. he does. He's in a position where he sees the structure with his time he spent in St. Louis. That I feel like if you gave him the shot to be the single caller, he'll bring his own you know staff in and he'll be running the operation. So, you just there's nothing to like that's just a hunch though like no, he doesn't have they, the experience so the class he was in last mm -hmm. year the guy that was ahead of him because he was number two in candidates the guy that was in front of him, dana brown from atlanta he went from assistant gm to being running the show in houston right now that's what i'm saying like i feel like he's if he's given the opportunity he'll be in a situ similar situation where oh, no, he's so calling the operation so here comes my next drop on Loonhow. <laughs> the only reason Dana Brown went in there and is running the show without a vice, without a president of baseball operations is because the team's already been built, Gonzo. And Dana James Brown. Click left last minute to yeah, take over in, in Toronto. Here's my homework. You do it. Like, here, turn in my homework. That's why Dana Brown's there and basically walked in into, like, already a built house. Okay, well, then I guess the counter to that is look what he did with Atlanta before he left. That's now they're hot. <laughs> so he got he did survive the he did survive the scandal. that's all Alex Anthopoulos. It I'm is. sorry. You, it is. We you can I mean god. hey by the way, the Greek god. I, I loved him when he was with the Jays and, and yeah. he's he's he a wizard with the Braves too. That's like that's the organization I go to. I I want to poach somebody from the Braves. Yeah. He, he was like one of the World Series from with them. You know what's weird is the Braves are doing what they're doing with absolute Terrible pitching. Mark Shapiro's terrible. There. Shapiro's right. the only guy that made more trades other than Kenny Williams, right? When he was running the show. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. So I think that when you're when when you're bringing those guys in, even if they don't have the maturity of it, you need to have someone that commands the respect to run the org. And when I mean that, it means somebody that is respected from top to bottom, um, and that's going to bring in a GM that's going to be okay with having the decisions being made as an organization okay and not this I, I think the most the refresher part and i'm going to be honest man and this is something that vindicates ozzy guillen 
when Ozzy left, the people thought the circus left. Okay, when Ozzy got when Ozzy went to the Marlins because of the money situation, the fans they thought about it in the media that the circus has, had left the town. And guess what? Ozzy was just a clown and a juggler in the circus because the circus stayed where it was there, and it it's kept still it, here. You know, it, it was still there, and it was still there, and it was and uh, it, it's a. Uh, it's it's Cooper. It's Cooper. It's Don Cooper, and then Cooper's gone. So it's it's it was it's 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 refreshing now. I think because now we're not going to have to. Fans can sit there and say, "Well, we do it here all the time." Well, that's a Kenny move. We do it without even thinking about it. Well, that's a Rick Hahn move. Oh, we we traded for a pitcher that was older. Oh, that's a Kenny move. Like we're sitting here literally debating on like someone in the front office move, and we don't know that. But just as we've been around it so much, that's all we do. Oh, well, Tony Russo. Oh, that's a that's a Jerry move. We don't know like. We think that, but we don't know if, if Rick Hahn, you know, came out to say. And again, this is when we knew. This is when we should have known that Rick was in trouble, when everybody thought that he thought that AJ Hinch was a right manager because he's a great manager, and they did not think it was because it was his best friend. He wanted him because he was his friend. He was his client when he was a player. And fans, White Sox fans, are like, oh, it's because of Houston. No, it's because when you're when you're when you're in baseball, and you're like, if I become a GM, this is my buddy. This is going to be the manager. Like if AJ Brzezinski becomes a manager. Doug Minkiewicz will be on the staff. I know that already. <laughs> I know that already. That's already been talked about. Harold Baines was a bench coach for your daddy. Harold Baines was a bench coach for Oz, for, for Ozzie Guillen. Like, you think Harold Baines was like, I'm going to, when I retire, I'm going to be a bench coach. Like, no. That was like, hey, you want to be my coach? Why? Because uh, I want you by my side. I, I trust you. You know, you talk in the right moments. You want to be around people that you trust, know when you're going to go into battle. So I think that. They, them being gone, whoever comes in, we're not going to have this debate of is it a so-and-so hire? Is it a so-and-so hire? It's going to be like the White Sox made this move, and that's what they need to be able to build on. Uh, and it's interesting because one of the guys, Gonzo, I don't know what you're going to take on this. What's your take on Ethan Katz and when the new guy comes in? Would you be upset if they if they ship him out? Like That's one guy that I like on the coaching staff that I was like, man. No, like come in next season whoever you you know whoever you trust to come and bring their own people at this point i've had enough of what i've seen from cats i've seen a lot of regression and um we need we need a new when we say flush this whole organization from top to bottom especially the bottom because we need to build a a nice foundation foundation first because i know what you said oj back you know probably 20 minutes ago now is with these players, our prospects, the talent's there. It's just we have a terrible foundation that we never develop them. They really get their maturation in the process. Um, good example of that just recently within the last week. You brought up Declan Cronin, pitched seven total innings. In the last week, you pitched one inning, and then you bring him right back down. Like, how are you setting him up for success? But like, Brian Shaw is pitching every single night for the White Sox for some reason. By, God, the, way, by the way, by the way, do they hate him? I like them warming up. Than the in the series, and he I liked his makeup as a body wise, but they're gonna they're gonna there's no way humanly possible that his arm is not gonna fall off because he's literally the only guy. I think Pedro has his name like on the list. He's the new Jimmy Cordero. He's like Jimmy Cordero. Hey, it was it was Deekman in the beginning of the year. Now it's like literally, it's like you, it's like you don't. It's him. It's you're gonna break. It's Reese. You're gonna burn their arms off, and that's not good because you can't develop. So I want to ask you guys each a question. We'll start with Gonzo. I like sausage and pepperoni. No, no, no. Oh, no. no. If you were given, if Jerry says, calls you Gonzo, you're the head of baseball, you're the president of baseball operations for the Chicago White Sox. 
what's the first thing that you do on your what's the, what's your what's the first three things or the first thing you do in your first 90 days of of on the job and don't say very presidential yeah very president again it works the same way you have your 90 days 90 days is the opening it's spring training baby what would you do as far as player ops or whatever you're the president of base you could say we're gonna give free sodas you're the president of baseball operations you can can anybody you can say this is our new philosophy you can say everybody is gonna hit with one foot out like you're the president of baseball operations what would you do bring i'm giving all the opportunities to these kids see what i can get out of them well you got to make like 500 decisions before that yeah no i gotta well i gotta bring in the guys that i like you said that i would believe in and we're gonna be starting fresh we gotta be totally yeah completely new um cats is gone everyone is gone so you would start from the big league, like you'd be like, okay, race bobs, focus on the big league team. This is what we need yeah, to take care of first. Okay. I'm getting rid of all the front office. Okay. Justin. Then, oh, you got more? Okay, come on. No, no, no. Go ahead, Justin. No, no, you gotta keep going. That was that's all you did. That's all Jerry hired you. That's all you're gonna do. Fire the front office. All new guys. I mean, they're not going to make decisions on like how much is the popcorn going to cost at the game. Like it's baseball operations. They're going to make the call on who's the GM, what's the philosophy, who's going to run the scouting departments, who's going to you know run player development, stuff like that. And I'm putting, I'm allocating resources into sports science and our analytical room because, like you said, Slav, we got only five <laughs> staff members. Out of our analytical department. I would if we had one guest on this podcast, it would be the White Sox analytics department. Yeah, so so if, if the <laughs> analytics department, so the White Sox, and, and it's it's funny you mentioned that. I, I knew the guy that was kind of like doing it. Um, that's five staffs in the whole organization or just the minor league or, or that staff with the big league team? The White Sox have a five-person analytics in the major league. Um, golly, what's... Keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. So, Justin. Yeah. What would you do? So, first, I'm restructuring the whole minor league system. I'm gutting that first. Uh, I feel like... So, Getz has to go if that's the case, right? Getz is gone. That's the first person. Because, like, that's the development of the team. Like, that's going to be the grassroots of my tenure here. I cannot allow... I can't make any managerial pitching coach, hitting coach moves while I'm still allowing Chris Getz to be the, you know, the the architect of that. Number one. Number two, I'm reopening the pipelines to international signing. I'm not just saying fucking having a boat back and forth to Cuba. We need more Japanese players. I want players from Europe. I'm sick and tired of the fucking White Sox losing out on Dominican players. Mexican players like I feel like but the they've only... been winning every Cuban player to be fair yeah. oh it hasn't worked but I mean like if if all we have to hang our hat on is Luis Robert and international sign and that's the issue for me well Jose because... Abreu ah uh, true but still Slav that that those are just B plus players those aren't guys that I can say 
I can guarantee a World Series. That's no, that's not a. There is no player that Mike Trout is undoubtedly the best player in Major League Baseball. He's barely even made the playoffs. So, like, there is no guaranteed World Series. You're not signing one guy. But I'm saying, like, we're losing out because we're so focused on the Cuban market. But Marco Patti, like, that's his specialty, right? Like, that's what they brought him in for. I like, so I like. So the 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 Abreu signing, I liked it because they brought a guy that was big league ready, and when he got to the big leagues, he developed to become a better player. So if actually one of the best success stories of player development in the from the international market is Jose Abreu. I like I'm not I'm not gonna knock that, but no, no, no. But I'm saying that, but they need they need more of that. They need more of that instead of guys that they're signing and saying Suspenes. Uh, or Tatis's little brother, like guys that you know they sign and they completely miss on that are supposed to be hey. like high signing that they completely miss on. Uh, that, that's what they need more help with. And again, I understand what you're saying. They never signed a Venezuelan either, or they, they again they've they've had success in Cuba and they seem to kind of go go back to that. So they should there's increase a, that. They should expand. There's some breaking news. Feel good news for Chicago. Um, yeah. Steve McMichael. Uh, Steve McMichael is going to be going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, did that get announced officially somewhere? Yeah, Dan Mc, uh, McNeil just uh, tweeted. Oh, I oh. saw that earlier. I don't, I don't know oh, if it was yeah. official or not. Good for him. Well deserved. Way overdue. So, yes. Back to uh, back yeah. to talk. You scared the shit out of me for a second too. I'm like, how did <laughs> we miss so, but yeah. who got so, who got canned now? So yeah, but that's that's what I that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rework the farm. Gonna open up the the pipeline outside of Cuba. And then I'm bringing the the vest jerseys back. I feel like it's long overdue. We've been in a home run. Hell yes. We've been in a home run drought since they took those off the shelf. Let's bring the vest Mm. back Saturday for the boys at the rate. They took those away in 06. Oh, can I add one? Still a drought. We're going to have a uh, senior ceremony, ring ceremony. Oh, from the base bobs? Yeah. You mean you're going to retire 13? Retiring 13. Thank you. That'd be nice. Long overdue. Long overdue. They have, by the way, next year his chances are very high because they need to draw people to the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Opening day uh, ceremony will be retire 13. I have one ask. Please do not let it be against Kansas City on a Tuesday. Give us like a Yankee. Give us a good game. They don't give Kansas City on a Tuesday. It's like no one. We're going to do the Crosstown series. That would be awesome. No, it'll um, be Kansas City, and like the Royals will honor like Mike Sweeney that night or something. Yeah, uh, Sly, what would you do? Uh, so I, I got the answer. Uh, the baseball analytics and staffing. This was as of June of twenty-two. So what? Fourteen months ago, the White Sox were dead last in Major League Baseball with five analytics employees in the Major League uh, front office. Oakland was second fewest with six. Colorado. No surprise, three worst teams in baseball had the three fewest analytics people. What happened to Moneyball? It's over now. Number one, Tampa Bay, 39 and full-time analytics staffers just in the major leagues. 39, New York, 36, L.A. Dodgers, 31, Boston, 29, Mets, 26, Twins, surprisingly, at 24. But, uh, yeah, so... Definitely along the lines of what Gonzo said, an investment in, you know, research, development, um, analytics, stuff like that. You know, first order of business is obviously naming a general manager and, you know, your right hand man, whoever that would be. I don't know off the top of my head who that would be, but 
I would be scouring the Dodgers, the Braves, the Rays. And just quick sidebar, for as much as we talk about Friedman and like all that he did with Tampa and this and that, and they were cheap and all the analytics and he's a genius, what did he do when he went to the Dodgers? Spend. He spent his ass off. Yeah. So like when you have the resources, you're going to yeah. do it. But you know, when you don't, that's when teams like a Milwaukee or Tampa can, can really excel in some of the other things that they're able to do in scouting and development. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of along the lines of what Justin and Gonzo said. You, you have to gut this from the top down. Chris Getz has got to go and I'm not singling out Getz, but like Haber, everybody, like if you were a part of this old regime and you worked more than three years, basically under Kenny and or Rick, goodbye, you're out the door. I'm bringing in my own crew. I'm bringing in my own people. We're reworking. You have to create an identity and a system of who you are fundamentally as an organization. What is your philosophy? What are the types of players that you're looking for? What um, off the field or, you know, like mental characteristics are you looking for? Are you getting talent? Are you getting athletes or are you getting baseball players? Because that's where the White Sox have failed in the Rick Hahn era specifically. All the talent in the world, put all that you want down on a piece of paper, but pieces of paper don't play baseball. Baseball players do. And they've been getting too much talent and too many athletes and not enough baseball players. So that would be you know a priority for me. And like you said earlier, Ju- uh, Junior, you have to blend that old school feel for the game combined with the new school information, the data, the analytics that you have at your disposal to create a well-balanced organization from the top down. That would be, to me, it's it's less about this is order number one and then I have to bring this person into that. It's a fundamental philo- philosophy that you have to establish as an organization. And then real quick, just the sidebars to what I was watching earlier. Eloy Jimenez postgame was asked about the leadership in the clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. And they, they asked him explicitly, have you had conversations with your teammates about the lack of leadership? And he's like, no, not really. And then Ozzy and Chuck and Pods lost their mind on the postgame show. Um, Pods and Ozzy made a tremendous point. If you're a player, if you're Yohan Mankata, if you're Eloy Jimenez, if you're guys who've been here for like, you know, the last five years, you have now had two different managers get fired, plus the people that signed you, scouted you, gave you all of your money. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, over and over and over, when you blame other people, chances are it's your fault. The players are still the ones who are at fault for this. Now, obviously, Kenny and Rick put these players on the same roster. But, I mean, if that doesn't light a fire under your ass, I don't know what will. Pedro Gafford should have a meeting tomorrow morning if he wants to be the future manager of this team and say, you guys just got the general manager and the manager fired. You're not going to get me fired. And whoever says something, he's really... If but do they have? Do the players respect him enough to actually no, listen to no, him and, and say... No, they don't. And that's what and, and that's where again Pedro needs to start managing for the future unless he wants to be a one-hit wonder. A guy that got hired and like the, a lot of other Latino managers and you get like, "Oh, he had one season, 42 and 99 and never got to manage again and you'll be a glorified first base coach or whatever coach." Um because again, and that again, that tells me a lot about the culture. So if I'm at home right now and I'm and I'm going to interview for the job, those are the types of things that I want to know, okay? Um there's a picture today that I posted in one of our pages of, of Kenny and Ozzy. It's one of my favorite pictures of them. It's probably one of the their better moments together because Ozzy and Kenny had a lot of great moments. 
people don't realize this. They had a lot of gr- better moments and they did bad moments. A lot of more laughs than they did actually fights. But they, the picture in the back, it says passion, pride, and tradition. And those are those are words that Kenny and Ozzy live by, that they came up with, that that's what they that's that was their mantra. Of we, we're gonna have pride, we're gonna have passion, and we're gonna believe in the White Sox tradition of grinding it out. And that was like their mindset. Like Ozzy and Kenny, for better or for worse, they were like direct, they were in your face, they were bold, they were, but that was them, and that was like the attitude that every coach had to have. And Ozzy and Kenny would let Ozzy bring coaches from the minor leagues to be in big league camp. And vice versa. I was like literally one giant machine. And I've seen the machine work perfectly. And I've seen the machine be a disaster. Okay. If I was the president of baseball operations the first 90 days, I would conduct interviews for everybody that works in the Chicago White Sox on day one. Meaning I'm talking to Hayward. I'm talking to Daniel. I'm talking to Fabian. I'm talking to every single person. I'm asking them, what did you do wrong? What did you do right? What would you do different? And you not might you might not be the director of minor league operations, but I'm going to see who do I have in this group that I can savor that I so I don't have to completely regut and lose you know complete identity. That now Jerry's like, dude, I've seen nobody that I know in the hallways, and try to savor those people. Okay, then I would literally focus on player development. Okay, the White Sox get a first rounder every year. I don't think that that first rounder is a bad player. I think that if White Sox would have gotten Mike Trout, they probably would have messed it up. Okay? Ooh. I'm being serious. It's called player development. The player, Miguel Cabrera showed up. I was Jared bat- Mitchell. Jared Mitchell. I was Miguel Cabrera's bad boy in his first at bat in the big leagues. He is not the same person that I saw hitting six years later against the White Sox, destroying them. He was a good player, but he wasn't the same player. My worry with Pantera, which I'm not so worried now, was that he got to the big leagues. And then within plateaued. like, he plateaued. And I was like, where's this guy going? Is he going to like, what's going on? And that happens. It's the player. And now he's getting, he's developing. And that's what, that's what's missing. A guy when I'm like, okay, the same Moncada that I see now, just an older version of him and hurt is the same guy that I was seeing him drop bombs in AAA. There's been no growth whatsoever on him. Eloy Jimenez, the same guy that was here four years ago. He's still the same player. He has not gotten better. Defense has not gotten better. The reason that I wanted them to keep Jake Berger was because I thought at least Jake Berger would put the work in that he'll take 200 ground balls at third base and get better. Why? Because I do think that he got better. He was horrendous at third base. Then he was like, ooh, this guy's kind of getting better. Okay. Then he had to second base. Tim Anderson, I became a fan of his. Why? Because he was the worst shortstop I'd ever seen in my life. And then within two years, I was like, this guy should be the shortstop every day. And his hitting got better. And right now... He's got to figure out uh, how to get back to that, but he is developed. The same TA that showed up in 2008, 2009 is not the same TA that we see today. That's what you need. So development from the ground, from rookie ball all the way to the big leagues. They need to invest in analytics, but I would not make it like we need to hire 75 people. I would make it that it balances out where I have analytics and traditional coaching in the minor league systems and they work together. If we need analytics to develop and help with mechanics, we have a guy help with mechanics and a guy help with like the mental aspect. And I would pay very well in the minor league system because why? By, by, by investing in the minor leagues, I might not have to sign two or three free agents that are going to cost me ridiculous money because I'm going to have somebody within my own group that I can replace. If you have a five pitching staff, I want three guys. I don't care if it's one, two, three, or four or five, but three guys have to be homegrown. 
Why? Because then I can go spend on two monsters that I didn't draft, right? I didn't pick up two veteran guys. So, but the- look at those Twins teams that used to beat up on the White Sox yeah, and I'll, win the division I'll, I'll, every single year. Anytime someone went down, some random guy from the minor leagues came up and killed the White Sox. And we're not going to talk about windows. We're not going to talk. It's like, hey, we're here to create a better organization. But my wording, my, my every day, my the whole thing for me is development. One of the things that I hate about Pedro, and if I was the baseball operations guy, and I would say, hey, I look at your press conferences, and you talk about a process. Can you tell me what that process is? Like, what do you guys do? Because I'm hearing that you guys don't have hitters meetings, that you don't have pitching meetings, that it's optional. I don't see you guys taking infield and outfield when you guys are on the road. Oh, I don't. See, so, like, what's you talk about a process, but what's the process? Oh, it's the eye pitch machine. Okay, how are you guys using it? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like, you can, I can say, I, we use the eye pitch machine. Like, you, Slav, you, you do that for, for work. You can coach someone, but if you're not, there might be, you might not say, I'm not going to coach. I'm just going to put the guys on the show and do that. Like, I want to find out I'm developing the talent. You want to get better, and you can get better. And that was my worry. And I kept saying it from the Rick Renteria days you can lose games and lose them the right way. You can win games and win them the wrong way. Development. This team, I don't care who they make manager. They resurrect 2005 Ozzyguian, clone them with Tony LaRussa, bring in, you know, the best general manager ever. If they don't learn how to hit with runner on third base and move the runner over, I don't care what's going to happen. They're not going to get better. So even when they bring in the new roster or they trade guys, they still have to teach those things. Because unless you're bringing a, a guy that's already 28, 29 years old and somebody else taught him, which is really hard, you're going to have to teach that locally. So I, I believe that whoever Jerry brings in, and if in this case it was me, I would be like my focus would be in development. And everyone would be development. Like, how did you get better today? Okay, how did you improve? Because that's what we need to see improve. Oh, Noah Schultz, amazing. I don't want to see the same Noah Schultz I'm seeing in single A in three years in the big leagues. I really don't. Like, I want to see my pitchers throw strikes. Oh, like, what's your problem? Control? This guy needs to throw more strikes. Oh, what's this guy's problem? Like, I need to see development because we have – We've had such bad development this year where even the coaching staff and the manager has not developed. I look at Pedro and I'm like, you're literally at the same level that you were game one. Like, you should not be making this mistake. Hey, that's it. No, I'm like, if you look at the White Sox players, Remillard is probably one of the the guys that's improved. Uh, You look, there's little wins. 28 year old rookie. Correct. That's what I mean. It's like, wow, you're developing at 28. But like, there's been every guy. Even the guys that have done well, like decent, they're regressing where Berger was the only one that was like, wow, this guy's actually taking a step to where he has to be. And that's the part where it's like, wow, this is really concerning because no one's improved in that. Again, I don't know what the trainers and everybody's doing, but no one's improved in that team. No one. No one. Ethan Katz is still the same guy he was last year, which is a good good one. Griffol's the same guy he was managing game one. There has been zero improvement in development. And that's, I think, it's an issue because it's not finding the players. They're, they traded right now. They traded what? Picked up four pitchers, traded a bunch of guys that were there. Lance Lynn right now looks like he just literally rejuvenated in the Dodgers. Why the Giolito he- has been absolute trash with the Angels. I, I, I ask, and I think that the Giolito move is going to come back and be like, again, development. Lynn found something that he worked on. Giolito still the same guy that was here. You don't – when you get to a team, it's a fresh start. When you get to an organization – you want to develop. And this team, regardless of who they bring in, they have to develop. And they have not been doing that whatsoever in the past five years. There's been really, really bad development. Even in the – dude, from 2004, if you look at Joe Creedy from 04 to 05, from 03, 04, 05, like the jump that he made from 04 to 05 
on his maturity and the way that he played the game was like, whoa. And then by the time he left, he was a really solid player. You see guys get better and progress. Even PK, like every year, somebody until you hit your your, your mark, but everyone got a little John bit better. John Garland. John Garland, like guys that, and, and, John, and Garland had been doing this since Jerry Manuel's point where Ozzy said, hey, I don't want you to be the Jerry Manuel pitcher. I want you to keep going to the point where you're having Cy Young conversations. So you're getting better every year. So this year for Cease, and I've told him this, he's my boy. Like you, you, you did great and then you dropped and now you either have to go to do great again, or you're going to stay 500 crappy guy, or you're going to drop and live off of what you did four years ago. The point is always getting better. Um, and then if you drop, get back to where you need to be because development is key. And I think this team has not developed whatsoever in any aspect of the game. And I don't think analytics is going to fix that because even with analytics, you have to develop If the, your arm angle. They tell you to put it here, but you keep practicing here. This, the, the computer ain't going to change it. So you better come here and practice it 7,000 times. That's what I would, uh, that's what I would do. Uh, all right. Final thoughts on, on today's big news. Uh, Jay, we'll start with you. Man, uh, the shit's actually scary because it's the first time like in my adult life that it's a new white, it's a, it's a new day as a White Sox fan. I can't really blame Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams starting tomorrow. So let's see what it, let's see what, you know, what they got in store. I'm really interested uh, in the off season. That way we could dissect it a little more and more dominoes start to fall. Um, but wow, I, I did not see this coming at all. Like uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, like the, the situation with the, the circumstance with the White Sox have been the same the last three years. We've been literally the same team. Why today, Jerry Reinsdorf, what pissed you off, Jerry? What was the what was the last straw? So, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not fucking OJ. I'm not buddy-buddy texting him and stuff. But that would be something that I want to know, like, later on down the road. Like, what made you fire Kenny William and Rick Hahn? Gonzo, your final thoughts? It's going to be interesting because they had two weeks ago before they start expanding the roster at 28, and you got to have a GM in here to be smart on the development here of the guys that you're going to bring in to – see what they have in the next month of baseball. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Um, quick turnaround. I'm not looking forward to seeing how they're going to go about it, though. It's, it, it, it's discouraging for what I see. I think it's an end of an era. There, it's, um, it's scary, I think. Because I think everyone right now is like, well, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. It's a divorce. You won't know in, a, in six months if you're going to be crying for your ex and saying, wow, or you're going to be like, wow, I should have divorced 10 years earlier. Um, and it's going to be interesting because it, it's, it's a very hard decision that was made and one that you need to get the president, whoever needs to come in, you cannot Pedro Grifola. You cannot, this guy cannot be campaigning and saying how great he's going to be. It's got to be someone that's results. Like I could care less if the person could talk and be a good communicator. As long as he's result driven, that's where I think it's key because they, they, they cannot go for the right guy looks wise, communication wise. They need to go to a guy that's going to actually bring results because if they get this player, if they get this position wrong, Oh boy. Now you're, now you're putting the, this organization back 10 years uh, where 500 is something that you just wish upon 
and you you know you hit the bottoms of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, oh my God! The Montreal Expos again. It, it's happened. You look at Green. Not wrong. I'm not wrong. I know, it, but still, it's, it's scary. It's scary. Um, and I think that you really need to get on it right now. I think that uh, everything becomes a priority is finding out who this next person is going to be, uh, the right fit, so that person can come in and do their evaluation and do their due diligence and and you know either name themselves as a the general manager, whoever they're going to bring in, uh, and decide. Uh, because right now this is a bigger decision than free agency, because uh, you can't go after a free agent when players are like, wait a minute, I don't even know. Who am I negotiating with? Who am I talking to? Like, who's going to be there? That's the part that's interesting. So that that's what I think I need that they need to do. And uh, again, I think a, 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 an end of an era because I think now technically everybody's gone for the 2005 team. Uh, no one's there uh, from the big names, at least. Uh, Dan Fabian's still there. So he was part of the team and Daniel and those guys. But from the 2005 team. Was Eddie me, Kasten there? Eddie Kasten was there. And Eddie Kasten will be, Eddie knows where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but so, so in, in reality, and you know what? It's a wake up call. I think for the players, I think Eloy's comment, like you said, if Pedro Grafal tonight does not go and starts rethinking of his career and where he's at, then he is not human pretty much. Same thing with the players. Like you right now are like, Oh my God. Like if you like Chicago, you have to start worrying about your family might get moved somewhere else because you don't know when somebody new is going to come and bring in. Uh, so that, that was it. I'm, I'm glad that it happened that we didn't have to jump on a show randomly, that it kind of fell on the day that we were doing it. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be – and I think this was great because I didn't really want to talk about the – is the team going to Nashville or whatnot? Those are all just strategic things, I think, to negotiate leases. That's posturing, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's more posturing than anything. Like if, if a team's going to move – look at Oakland. Like, they're supposed to move, and it's not official yet uh, to Las Vegas. So that's stuff that it's more – also will probably be – my son will probably be like, nine, 10 years old by the time any of that stuff happens. And just like a sale, sales are going to happen overnight. So this is, this, all this has to be taken care of before they even think about that. So it was a good one. Can't call Rick anymore. Can't what? Can't call Gonzo little Rick anymore. I got to wait for the, you can still call him little Rick. It's just, it just means he's going to get fired eventually (laughs) for me. Number one, thank you to Kenny Williams for 2005. What he, what he did putting that team together hiring Ozzy senior, um, putting that roster together, even the, the 2006, like it was ballsy coming off of a world series and then going to get Jim Tomey and giving up what he did. Um, but I mean, Tomey had a great tenure with the white Sox. So that team won 90 games. You know, if it wasn't for, um, Minnesota and Detroit, just like exploding onto the scene that year, who knows what happens that season. The pitching took a, a step backwards, but they scored, I think the second most runs of baseball that year. Anyway, Thank you to Kenny Williams. That 2005 team, for me as a sports fan, there is no team, there is no run, there is no championship that will ever compare where I was at in my life, my passion for baseball, my passion for this team. It was just a perfect confluence of factors. So first and foremost, Kenny Williams, I will always be indebted as a fan to him and his work and just how much he cared about this team for so long. Like you said, end of an era. Um, With Jerry... My biggest takeaway from today is good for him. It took way too long. But now I'm also scared. Who who are you consulting to make this hire? Who are you going to to say, all right, what, what direction do we go with? What are some names? Like, let's put together a list and do these interviews. That, that to me, is going to be the interesting part of this. Um, it's a 
this is the biggest day in White Sox franchise history since October 26, 2005. Because, like you said, Junior, if this backfires, you're setting this organization back even further. And, I mean, you're you're potentially in an Oakland Athletics, Colorado Rockies type situation. And that's not where you want to be. Jerry Reinsdorf bought this team for $19 million. They are now worth $2.05 billion. Keep that in mind anytime you think about will he sell, is he going to move the team, blah, blah, blah. There is a lot of money at stake that he has made off of this franchise. I have a hard time um, imagining him just at the whim of fans who are upset, just being like, okay, fine, I'll sell it. Um, so that's that's where I stand on that. We're going to have a lot to talk about over the next weeks and months as these decisions get made. Um, there's going to be a lot more changes to this organization and hopefully for the better. I know today it's a sad day for Rick and for Kenny and, and for everybody in general, but at the same time, I think White Sox fans are pretty excited about the acknowledgement that there is some shit that had to get fixed. And this is step number one. So, um, so is Rick the worst GM in White Sox history? I mean, he won, he, he made the playoffs twice, yeah, true. three twice. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal for this franchise. Unfortunately, it is, it is, it is. I forgot about that. Um, Oh, by the way, last thing I would, I would add, Justin, I would add a game of Thrones seat and that would be my office would have a game of Thrones chair. Nice. Mm-hmm. By the way, we gotta see how little little finger plays out though. I'll still be posting your conspiracies, by the way. Oh God. By the you're way, too, what, you're what too happens, cynical. What happens if I am right? We got the receipts. And and we can we can pat you on the back for it for the rest of eternity. I hope All right, not. before I hope not because I think that would be the I, I think that would become we become we become the, the Rockies. Or worse. I know. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, Gonzo, apparently there was an upset in picks to click this week. Look at that. Look at the big old smile on Justin's face. Yep. Uh, Justin picked Andrew Vaughn. We had the most productive week out of the players as he had Vaughn. I had Robert. um, Slav had TA. Junior had Benintendi. Um, All of whom Vaughn had the better week. I thought maybe tonight if that home run didn't get turned around that Robert Jr. had, maybe he would have been he would have been the pick there, but no. Vaughn Vaughn got it, so Vaughn's off the board. It's gonna go Justin, me, Junior, and then Slav. Ooh. Um go ahead. Uh Vaughn's off the board. I'm going back to Moncada. I'm not I'm not stupid, Gonzo. I'm not dumb. I'm trying to win as many weeks as I can before we wrap this season up. I'm on a heater. Let's stay hot. Yoan Mankata. Alrighty. You got Mankata. I'll pick Robert since he's still on the board. <sighs> um, junior Didn't guy. even think about it. You got Mankata. I'll take Robert. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to ride him. They're, they're going to keep playing him because Pedro Griffol likes the old dudes. I'm going with hot Elvis Andrews. Got 10 hits in the last seven games. We're right, Elvis Andrews. Yeah. Elvis Andrews paying himself for a contract next year, boys. Yeah, but it won't be with the White Sox. No, because they actually made changes. Because if those old regimes stayed, Elvis Andrews would have been a backup. Probably. Uh, Wait, who do you have again? Elvis Andrews. Okay, Elvis. The leader. 
I thought Rami was the leader. Rami, Rami like, like Tommy. <laughs> Rami like Tommy. Rami's only the leader on Twitter. Funny, I was actually gonna take Rami as my paid click. No joke. Uh, I'll give me uh, give me the guy who everyone's shitting on right now for his post game comments. I'll take Aloy. Eloy. That was gonna be my second pick, but y'all left me Moncada on the board, even though I picked well, you, first. You had the first pick. You didn't leave anything. <laughs> By the way, I um, just knew you guys weren't gonna pick Moncada, so I just gone ahead. So the picks go as follows, and we might be going two weeks here. Um, it's going to be Jay with Moncada. I'm picking Robert Jr. OJ's picking Andrews. And Slav's going Eloy Jimenez. That uh, your team may have, your teams may have. And the standings. Someone watching a YouTube video? The standings are as follows. I got seven wins. Slav has five. Jay took the lead for third at four. And OJ's at three in last yeah. place. Wow. Yeah. How you feeling? Oh, wow. He leaves. <laughs> Packed himself up. Jay literally picked a relief pitcher willingly at one point this year. And I think one of Junior's points was just because, like, Benny hit a home run, right? Yeah, in Seattle. Oh, that's embarrassing. His first, his first home run in Seattle, he got an automatic point. To quote um, Carlos Zambrano, that's embarrassing. We stinks. Um, oh, all right, well... Ozzy Jr. just he signed out for the evening out of embarrassment. <laughs> All right, Kenny's gone. Rick is gone. Um, tomorrow is day one of the new era of White Sox baseball. We don't know what it's going to look like, and we don't know if it's going to be any good, and we don't know if it's even going to stay in Chicago, but we're probably going to talk about it on the Blackout Show. So for Ozzy Gian Jr., for Chris Gonzalez, for Justin Lee, I'm Slav Kobekovic. Stick around. Let's see what happens. Oh, Jr.'s back. Final thought, Jr., we we just said goodbye to you. Let me put him back in. I got a fun. Are you are you just embarrassed? No, my computer just like started watching that YouTube. <laughs> it could be watching other things. Yeah, it could yeah, be worse. It, it could be worse. Yeah, no, I you know what? Uh, I need to see this Eloy comments because I think it's worse than everybody says. Ozzy Senior yeah. said I wasted two. We wasted two minutes. Yeah, Let's it's not good. Right. Not good. It's oh, a little overblown. I, I think Chuck and Ozzy and Pods are feeling are a little bit in their feelings today, but I got two shout outs. No. Mute. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm gonna shout out Kenny Williams for two thousand five and I'm gonna shout I already out did that. Rick Hahn for Dylan Cease. Thank you very much. Oh that's, my that's, god. Oh, that's all I got. That's Come all on. I got. Actually, today's the birthday of the most one of the most underrated White Sox organizational members, Derek Jackson. I saw that today. Oh, yeah. 60th Today's birthday for DJ's DJ. Birthday? Yeah. DJ, by the way, he looks amazing for his age. Light-skinned legend. I hope um, I look as good as DJ. By the way, next, next time we meet, guys, we'll do your little position player stuff. I, 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 tonight, I was going to bring on Ron Karkovice to you guys. Uh, if we're doing a quick shout-out, I want to shout-out Pablo, uh, our, um, our golf our buddy. Because he, he called Senior right away. When the news came and and he was obviously like doing a pregame show, so his backup call was me, and I felt honored about that. So shout out to Pablo. Love it. Anything else? We had a Final lot thoughts. of thoughts. We had a lot of new uh, people in the chat today. I see Cindy Brown jumped in. Uh, Ryan Ward. Ryan up. Ward. Yeah. Beef Ryan Loaf Ward. came back on. Mister Delicious himself, tuning in and watch us. That's awesome. I'm honored. Good stuff. Just All right. Season three again, by the way. We uh we completely filled our fantasy football league for the blackout. Um, 
we got 12 teams for the league. The draft will be likely on the 31st. We're still waiting on the poll results for our league to finish. And for those that didn't vote in our poll and that are in the league, go ahead and finish the vote on the poll that's in the chat so we can finish a draft date. That's all I got. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Blackout Show CHI, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, that's a dope shirt. Let me see that again. Selling, we start selling those. Hold on one second. Let me make you full here. Oh yeah, give me that. That, look, that looks like your dad. That is. I know that guy. What happens when you're bored and you have a camera? What What's the third ring? Is it um? That's uh in Mexico. It's the pressure. I don't know. I think the one of the Marlins ones. I think it might because the Marlins. I think you got two rings, or it might be the Mexico one. I gotta look at. Let me see. No, it's the Mexico <laughs> one. Moncloa. Yeah. Nice. All right. For Jay, for Junior, for Gonzo, I'm Slav. Let's see what happens next time. Good night.